Kia ora, I'm Georgia. I'm Catherine. And you're listening to... Pimpod! Kia ora, and welcome back to the Parent Pod after... Our lovely two-week break. It's felt strange not doing this, hasn't it? It's felt really strange. And I think having this two-week break is such a realization how how much can change in two weeks in a parenting world. You know, you feel like nothing happens day to day. But then you look back and you think, wow, actually so much has happened in the last couple of weeks. So... What has been, you've had a huge change parenting wise, haven't you? Yeah, we have. Yeah, when we last recorded, I, weaning flow was kind of on the cards. Um, I had always thought that I would like to have her weaned before the wedding just to kind of make, make life a little bit easier. And she was only having one feed a day. And it definitely, I definitely don't think I had much milk at all. It was really just a, um, a comfort thing, I think. And then, yeah, about a week ago, it just kind of, we just finished. So it was really emotional. I mean, I sent you a picture of me crying. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I felt so sad for you and Flo when you said that. Yeah, it was, I just knew you guys, I sent it to you on Marley and I just, I just knew you guys would get it. And I think, yeah, you know, I my experience with Harry was very different and I just this Mm. really kind of came out of the blue with how I would feel and I'm wondering if it was kind of my emotions from both breastfeeding journeys all hit me yeah but I yeah I like fed her on the Wednesday night and it was like a lovely feed and then I just didn't feed her again and I didn't know that that was going to be my last feed and I think that was maybe good like I think if I knew it was going to be my last feed I would be really find that quite hard and honestly yeah she has not missed it she hasn't needed it we still have like a beautiful cuddle before bed where we read books and do all those nice things it just yeah it's been completely fine she's been amazing so it was like I think only once or twice has she like gone to lift my top up but she's been uh, really yeah. good. It was so much easier than what I thought it would be. So, yeah. Oh, Georgia. It's crazy how quickly they forget. Like, it's not like Harry tries to feed now. No, no. And, I, and it's something you spend hours doing, like probably thousands of hours doing with them. Yeah. And that was actually something I said to Tomo. I was like, this was hard at the start and you have to work really hard at it. And then you get into your groove and it's like this this thing Mm. that you do for so long and then all of a sudden you just stop and it's just, it's just done and you will just just never feed her again, which is so weird. I just, I still, yeah, I still find it very strange. So strange. And yeah, it is really sad. Marley said it was, she really like mourned it, didn't she? And it's really true. You yeah, do. yeah, you do. And it was because I like called my mum the next morning and cried again. And Aww. and she said, she was like, yeah, I, I, I remember it being emotional too. And I was like, oh, okay. It is really normal to feel like this, obviously. And it's, I've been kind of mm. in my head about it. Like I don't want it to kind of take away from anything that happened with Harry like it's such a 
I don't know. I just feel very, very strange about it because I've still, I still bond, desponded the same with Harry, even though he wasn't breastfed. So it's, I don't know. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I feel funny about it. No, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Because I think when people say you have a greater bond when you breastfeed a baby, you have an amazing bond, and it is a different bond. But I wouldn't say you know at one when Hugh was bottle feeding and Hector was breastfeeding I don't feel any differently about my children because of it no no not at all not at all and like I said I'm still having that nice time with Flo in the evening Mm. just not with a boob in her mouth so and you've got your boobs back I do it's felt like a really long time (laughs) (laughs) they they're not yeah they're not massive it's amazing how they've just and since stopping feeding her like I haven't had to hand express haven't had to do anything like they just it goes to show I obviously had barely any milk left um I think I was just like getting sick lots and I think for my like health it was probably um time to stop so yeah yeah and you can wear normal bras again. Yeah, I don't really have any. I need to go. I need to go buy some new ones. Maybe that's what I need to do to make myself feel better. Do you know what? Yeah, you should celebrate the end of it by going to get some like new clothes. Yeah, like post breastfeeding clothes. Yeah, great idea. And nice. Like mm-hmm. we are about just over a month out from the wedding, so it's nice to know that like my yeah. dress is starting to get. I've got my dress, and it's. I just need to take it to the oh, like, dress that's so to get a couple of alterations done. So it's nice to be like, okay, these are my boobs. Like this is we can fit it properly now. Yeah, you don't need like a breastfeeding flap in your dress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to like lift them up. That's just what I need to figure out how to do. But that's okay. <laughs> bit of tape. Bit of tape. Yeah. It's great. How are you? You had a bit of a oh, rough fun. run in the two-week break thank god so excited matt got offered a job back in christchurch oh yay sweet yeah so we we're like great we're gonna move back to christchurch in um june after the baby's born when we'll be a bit settled we'll just wait for our passport and visa to come amazing so excited to move home and then just um it just didn't feel right staying here any longer yeah just didn't sit right with you didn't feel right no and so we then just like screw it we're gonna make the decision we found out matt gets paternity leave from here oh yeah you can take paternity leave anywhere in the world oh you don't have to be here oh wow so we were like screw it we'll just fly back to christchurch and deliver there instead because that's that's where we want to be and oh yay I can't wait yeah I'm so excited um I'm so excited to be home and I we didn't realize either of us I think how much anxiety we were holding around having the baby here yeah until we made the decision not to and we were like we both just said the next day I feel like the biggest weight has been lifted off our shoulders oh I'm so Um, pleased yeah, oh my god, I was so excited. And my incredible LMC, <laughs> Woo-hoo! my amazing LMC who delivered my first two has agreed to deliver the third. Um, oh, yeah, so oh my gosh, I can't wait. The only thing that's a bit tricky is I am flying back at 37 weeks on my own with the boys because <laughs> Matt has to finish work here. Oh my so, gosh, and that's like. 11 hours so I'm a bit nervous about that you just you just don't um, do things by halves 
no. And I'm just, I they, there were a couple of options for flights, and there's one that's straight from Perth to Auckland, and one that you stop in Sydney. The one stopping in Sydney is a lot nicer in terms of f- flight times and stuff. But I was like, Matt, if I am going into labour on that plane, I need to know that, that the next place I'm stopping down in is New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, good so, call. <laughs> I'll just not tell anyone I'm in labor. Yeah. I'm like, hold it in. <laughs> Cross your legs. Until we touch down in Auckland. Oh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's our plan at the moment. So we're leaving in in January. In they all come around so, so quickly excited. as well. Like we're already halfway through October. Yeah. Like, where is, where is time going? Yeah. It's all going so fast. But... Yeah, I can't wait. The boys are really excited. Yeah. They were like, he, he was listing all the things he wants to do when he gets back. Like, can't wait to see the gondola Aww. again in Christchurch. <laughs> do you think he'll like obviously remember it? Do you think Hector will remember it? No. No. I don't think he'll remember it at all. Like, we should look at photos and stuff. Like, we made a photo book of their friends and our home and stuff Aww. when we left. And we look at that... Um, so I think he'll recognize the pictures, but yeah, I, I'm just so excited that um, our third baby gets to be born there too. Yeah, that's, that's really, really and, nice. Like, and I get to do postpartum like in my home, yeah. which I'm I'm really looking forward to as well. Yeah, yeah, exciting. Such yeah, it's been a crazy two times. weeks because I've had to yeah, like book shipping and sort out housing and cars and yeah, nuts. Your marriage. <laughs> But what an adventure yeah, for you guys. Need, How fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Such an adventure. And I just need to not go into labor before then. Yeah. Because that would really screw up all our plans. Hopefully because <laughs> the other two were late. Hopefully this baby will do that too. Yeah. Like I'm not eating a curry between yeah. now and 40 weeks. <laughs> not having like. No curries. No spicy food. Yeah. No dates. No raspberry leaf tea. No, none of that no. is happening. No. <laughs> I feel like this is part of our nesting. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm so pleased yeah, that like you're extreme nesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so literally moving countries. <laughs> moving countries to get back to your home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a strong instinct. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm so pleased for you I guys. And like, do it. I'm so it's so nice that you felt relieved and you just obviously knew straight away that it was the right decision for you guys. And if you do go into labor early before Matt gets here, you know I'm I'm here if you need someone to be your you birth, can be my partner. birth partner. <laughs> that would be lovely. Oh my gosh, That'd it's like really it's nice. like a dream to watch someone else give birth. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you're definitely you, you can you can definitely be there if Matt doesn't make it thanks <laughs> <laughs> you might even be better than than Matt if he does make it I'll just be like oh my god can I look <laughs> is this what it's uh, like yeah and then you'd be like we're not yeah. having any more children Tomo <laughs> you'll be like I'm done <laughs> <gasps> oh it would be so good to go to see a birth wouldn't it I think so because obviously we've experienced it but only like while doing it and obviously we kind of forget everything. Yeah, totally. So it would be pretty amazing to actually see, like see it, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon time goes so slowly when it's not you. Yeah, yeah, it would. Imagine if it was like like (laughs) an 
18 hour labor you'd be like come on yeah can we just move this along a bit like i'm quite hungry yeah i'd be like man did you did you bring those banana grams yeah yeah i think it's time to whip those out also you'd be like come on like how much can you like scream and moan in yeah yeah (laughs) oh gosh drama queen um so we should probably get into this week's episode which is a really cool one because it's someone we both really admire and Mm. love their instagram yeah we were super excited to talk to zazi just yeah followed her for a while and she has so many amazing tips so hopefully you get something from this episode but we definitely recommend checking out her page as well and she also has a website that she's actually just um I think she actually literally released it like this week um it's been kind of all done up so yeah have a look she's got some great kind of free resources on there so definitely worth checking it out Mm, yeah she's great well enjoy the episode guys We are very excited to welcome our guest Zazi onto the podcast today. You may know Zazi from her Instagram page, Zazi Plays. Zazi is a speech and language therapist who has over nine years' experience working with children and their caregivers. She lives in Christchurch but is originally from Durham. Zazi has two children, August and Etta, who are absolutely adorable. Thanks so much for joining us today, Zazi. We would love it if Thank you could you. just start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your family, and what you do at Zazi Plays. Kia ora. Um, yeah, so my name is Zazi, uh, speech and language therapist and mum. I say mum of two. Uh, so Etta just turned one uh, a couple of days ago, and Aww. August is, he just he was three in June, and I just turned 33, like, a week ago oh happy um, birthday a lot of birthdays in <laughs> september i know and then it's my partners and then it's his sisters that you know the the money that is thrown around in september um so i um when i had my little boy august uh six months into maternity leave i just felt like my brain was sieving out of my head um mm. and i wasn't i wasn't getting that opportunity to sort of use my knowledge and I stumbled across um, an Instagram page that was about by a sleep consultant and she was giving away free advice on her stories and I thought hey I could do this Um, I'd love to give some mums some advice and uh, or some parents some advice and get people out of that google hole Mm. that they get into when they're worried about their kids and they just get in a spiral and the information comes from all countries and you don't know what fits you. Um, so I basically just started blogging about um, my kids, my play, um, what I know from my training. And um, a lot of people have now come along for the ride and it's amazing. It's such a cool community. Oh, good on you. That's so amazing yeah. that you like realised actually other people can benefit from this. and. Yeah, you know, actually wanted to give free advice. That's amazing. Yeah, so it's a um, it's been a whole lot of it's it's a labour of love and it's a lot of free labour. So I, yeah, I my ass off on it, but it means um, that I've, I know that I've helped a lot of people. A lot of people reach out to me saying that, which is fantastic. And off yeah. the back of it, John and I have um, there's a lot of products on the there's a lot of products that I wanted that I couldn't find on the market uh so we started our own business and now we design and make our own stuff which is so cool and not where I thought I'd end up but amazing oh good on you so good and it's just you just don't realize I think until you have kids of your own just how important speech and language is like I just feel that my 
it's my whole existence you know just Mm -hmm. chat chat chatting to them all day and listening to them talk and responding to it and reading books absolutely and I think um you know for the most part typically developing kids develop everything by seeing it you know most kids are going to crawl most kids are going to walk just by observing that um and you know most kids typically developing kids are capable of learning language but it's not in there waiting to come out that it all has to be put in Mm. unlike walking and crawling you know all of that language has to come from their surroundings their environment and kind of poured in and saved uh, almost uh, to their hard drive so there are sneaky ways of doing so and that's um, where a speech language therapist would come in that's such a great way of thinking about it (laughs) so Zazie you do a lot of baby sign language don't you yeah so um that uh, so I started with my little one so the benefit of that is it kind of acts like a bit of a bridge Um, it bridges the gap between when kids can talk orally um, as you know there's a lot of sounds in English uh, and you've got to move your mouth in a whole lot of ways whole lot of muscles to get your mouth to do that Mm. whereas um, you know children's hands uh, and their ability to move and wave their hands around in gesture becomes way sooner than talking. That's why you see kids waving um, or doing thumbs up before you might see, you know, hear them talking. Uh, so if you can teach them more gestures, uh, then they are more likely to be able to communicate what they want with you. And you see, a, you know, a huge decrease in frustration. Mm. Um, and it can really support language development and support your relationship because you're not you know screaming at each other thinking what do you want what do you what do you mean yeah Uh, yeah so my only reference point of baby sign language is meet the fuckers you know the movie when the baby is signing oh the milk (laughs) yes yeah i do remember that yeah and that's probably a lot of people's only reference and i think there's a lot of um there's a, there's a lot of like misconstrued information. People think if they teach their kids to sign, they'll uh, never talk. Um, and there's a, right. like a taboo thing around it that, you know, kids who sign almost fall into like a deaf camp, which is, a, you know, like a, like a disability camp. There's a, there's a mindset of this as an, um, I just want kids to talk orally and I don't want them to look different. Or um, So there's, there is like, like a, a hump of a taboo to sort of get over around it. Um, but there's, you know, with more and more education, lots more families are trying it and having uh, and seeing loads of success. So obviously mm. our, um, uh, our deaf and our, our the experts in their language. So, I mean, you can, kids make up all sorts of gestures on their own. Uh, that you can run with or you can use the sign language of your country so you know we're, we're using New Zealand sign language when um, when I'm trying to coach other people in baby sign but I'm Amazing. not fluent in New Zealand sign language and I look to um, our experts here for that yeah so is baby sign the same as sign language or is it just a simplified version it depends on your country and where you're at and what you're learning. But in New Zealand, I understand that there was something called baby sign, which was a um, a varied version of it. There's also a, a different language called Makaton, which a lot of people might have heard oh, of. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is uh, like a bit of a more of a, like a symbolic language. None of the connecting words, just some sort of uh, nouns almost. Uh, but right there's a big push as there should be that um that we use new zealand sound language because it is official language of new zealand um, yeah. and the more little bits of in my mind the more little bits of sign everyone can use the better you know 
definitely. So if you're wanting to teach your baby sign language, when is the best age to start? And like I'm thinking I've got I've got a two year old and a one year old. Is it too mm. late to start trying to teach my one year old some sign? No, not at all. I always say there's no there's there's no such thing as too early and there's no such thing as too late. Okay. So um the the biggest thing is just learning yourself and remembering mm. to use these gestures as you talk. There's not the expectation that you stop talking. Uh, you just talk as usual, but you wave your arms around as you're doing so. So <laughs> just as you would say bye-bye to someone and wave your hand, it's just the same as that. Uh, so you're saying, well, you want some milk? And I'm, I'm signing milk as I do so. Um, oh, uh, it's hot in here and I'm signing hot at the same time. So my language is the same. I'm just adding... The, the gesture, the sign, um, and you you know getting getting adults to remember to do that mm. is huge. It's a huge shift. So the, the earlier you start, the more practice you get. You know until your kid starts queuing in and noticing. Uh, and then there's no such thing as too late. You might not want to start teaching sign if your child is picking up loads of language and they're starting to talk. Yeah. Um, but if they're not, and you're thinking, hey, I'm still seeing quite a lot of frustration. Their words don't seem to be coming quite yet. Um, adding some sign can be an absolute game changer. Yeah. My daughter signs furious at me, furiously at me when she wants milk. Um, she gets it's so amazing. aggressive with it, aggressive, but it, <laughs> but it means she can she can tell you what she wants. You know. Yeah, I was at a friend's <laughs> house the other day, and um, they she was giving her wee girl lunch, and then her mm. wee girl just signed. I'm, I'm not quite sure what it was, but it was that she was done. And mm. my friend was like, "Great, she's mm. all done." She's had enough. Yeah. I was like, amazing that she could just tell you that she's won. And imagine the opposite. The opposite is that kids, what do they do? They throw something or they scream or yes. they, they've got to yes. flail and wail to get their point across because that's the only way they can unless yeah. you give them a gesture. Mm. Yeah. It's like a shared language that you both use and yeah, it just bridges that kind of gap. Yeah. Mm. How great. So, God, it's so clever, I think I saw it? you've got a, um, on your website, do you have a free hand? handout or handbook yeah so you can i'm going to have a new website in a couple of weeks so uh but current on both websites on the current one if you go to the homepage, you can um register like subscribe and you get a free getting started with sign um document sort of teaching you all about it Um, and there'll be something similar on my new website i just don't know where because someone wonderful is making it for me not me (laughs) so zazi if we are worried about our child's speech development Mm -hmm. at what point should we try and find support or help I'm just really interested to know if early intervention is best or if it's one of those things where depending on the age you just write it out and see how they they get on it's definitely a mixture of both so you know parents far now caregivers know best so the person who's around the child all the time you know your kid best so if you've got alarm bells ringing and you're really worried then it's really important that you make yourself heard and that you feel Mm. heard um and i do have a lot of conversations with parents about you know noticing what you're noticing and googling what you're googling and writing it all down and going to your gp with it written down to um uh because we've all been there you get to the gp and you kind of feel it all comes blurting out doesn't it and you can't remember everything you meant sometimes you don't feel all that comfortable and you don't have that relationship and um you know you don't feel as empowered and informed uh so you know 
first message I said to all parents is if you're worried, you need to write it all down, you need to go and sort of speak to your GP or someone that you trust about it. Um, look, it's about looking at those developmental milestones. So often in New Zealand, there's, there's um, handouts given around those. I provide a lot of milestones information on my Instagram and think, right, where is my little one now? Um, are they meeting some of these, which tells me that they're on a, you know, potentially on a trajectory. Mm-hmm. Might not be at the speed that you're seeing little Johnny next door get there, but they're getting there on their, at their own speed. And if you're thinking, actually, a few weeks and months has passed and we haven't quite got past that, I'm not seeing any progression, um, and you're starting to, you know, worry in your in your heart, and then I think it's time to to ask for some support. Early intervention is the best sort of intervention, but that doesn't mean that suddenly you're going to need a a group of professionals to step in. It might just mean that um, that that you could be supported to change some things about your environment, um, okay. and you could pick up some skills that would make a difference. And in terms of public access to speech and language therapists, mm-hmm. is it my understanding that in the preschool years it's quite hard to get a referral into to a public speech and language therapist? Uh, it differs across the country. It's a bit of, I guess it's a, it's a little bit of a postcode lottery in that sense, in that some areas of the country are way busier and there's fluctuations of therapists and who's where. But all children, um, if you're worried, you can contact the Ministry of Education um, who have their own batch of, of therapists, speech and language therapists, occupational therapists, um, advisors of the deaf, um, early intervention teachers, psychologists, etc. Um, uh, you can contact them directly or you can go via your um, your early childhood centre or your school, which is often the best route because you can have a conversation with you know other education providers and right. discuss if they're seeing okay. the same thing, if you're on the same page before going forward. So you can request some support from there and you will be put on a wait list. Now that's what's differing across the country is... Um, how quick those wait lists move through. Obviously, we've got some areas of the country with way more children, um, uh, some, often with some places with way more need as well. So um, that can um, that can certainly impact how quickly you would see someone. But it's not that you couldn't see anyone in early intervention. Most of our support is placed in early intervention from the Ministry of Education. Okay, great. It's um, I felt I feel like speech is quite a stressful thing, and my eldest was like probably a little bit later than some of his peers to start speaking he's only gosh he was two in may so he's still he's still young but i felt i was quite worried about it and he's definitely caught up now but it was yeah it's it is definitely something that you can stress about a lot as a parent so it's really nice to know that there are people out there to help you and like you said there it might even just be some simple tips that you can take away as a parent to to make the difference Absolutely, and and it's one of those things, isn't it, where uh, it's something that you can hear real, really quickly if you're comparing children sitting next to each other and they're talking or not talking or for the yeah, noises yeah. that they're making. But that isn't the full picture of your child, you know. Yeah. Uh, some children just race ahead and you know social connection, even if they're not actually talking you can yes. see they're making eye contact they're connected some children are shinning up trees they've got the gross motor skills of you know an adult um so it is really hard not to compare your child i, I can't say that i'm immune to that um but uh uh there are absolutely lots of things that parents can be doing to support their little one at home yeah ah and so what do you reckon Cause so many people said to me when my eldest was having a few speech issues, 
they're either a walker or a talker like he's just a walker <laughs> is that is that a thing is that true i i I'm, I've definitely said to people something similar around they may just be working on their gross motor skills at the moment or, you know, they right, can't okay. just be learning everything at the same time. Their brains are, in, are constantly in development. But um, it is true that some children sometimes are in that sort of gross motor stage. And I think it depends on your likes as well. You know, some stereotypically boys, but, you know, can be girls as well, are... They want to be outside, yeah. they want to be running in circles, they want to be racing, they're climbing. And all of those environments have way less language. You're not listening yeah. to anything when you climb in a tree. Whereas if you're an inside sort of, I want to play houses and play dollies, you're hearing lots of language around those. Um, so That's so yeah. true. I'd never thought of it like that before. Uh, so um, I have said something similar to parents because I'm all about making parents sort of calm down a bit so you don't get lost in Google Hall. Yeah. Um, and just think yeah. your child is perfect as they are now. It may be that they're working on their gross motor skills. Let's let's take a deep breath. Let's look at where they're at and let's track them in, and in a couple of months make a decision about whether there's something going on here or whether they are just working on something else. Oh, that's great. Very reassuring, I think. <laughs> and actually a lot of the time that's all parents need, isn't it? Reassurance to be like, your kid's oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> You're okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, people just want to hear that what's going on is, is normal. There's so much worry about our kids. They're our number one thing, aren't they? Yeah. I definitely worry about my kids all day. They can be sitting in front of me and I'm worried about them. Yeah, so. I don't, I feel like it will never stop. <laughs> no, it's definitely turning me grey. Actually, a few people have said to me recently, if you think you're worrying now about them when they're toddlers, oh. wait till they're a teenager, like 16 years old, <laughs> out with their friends no, for the first time. I'll never sleep no again. Idea where they are all yeah, that no, to. I don't that think what I've been through now when I think back at the things I was up to. Yeah. Uh, So just kind of a change of um, topic now. We have also seen on your Instagram you post lots of great sensory play ideas or just kind of things to keep um, your kids entertained. Can we be cheeky and ask for you to share just a couple of great ideas um, that if parents are listening, they can kind of easily implement at home for their, their kids. Sure. I'm all about using what you've got at home. You don't have to go out shopping really for anything. And you can't really beat w- water that. play. So you don't have to have anything mm. specific. Um, if you think, I, so I use sensory play at, you know, first thing on a morning is a really great time. There's something to do. And while their brains are sort of super fresh, they're more likely to learn at that point. Yeah. Um, but also, I use it at the end of the day. I'm thinking 4.30 when everything just turns to crap, doesn't it? Oh, my goodness. My house was Uh, just nuts this afternoon. Um, And when my toddler was really dysregulated, that's the time when I'm like, right, you need to feel something different, whether it be this evening I put on music, uh, like calming music, because that's Mm -hmm. an input sensorily. That's a calm down. And some water play so I put some water in a in an oven tray I chuck in some measuring spoons and maybe a jug and put it all on a um on a mat that's absorbent and and voila you've got at least a minute's worth if not more of um of your your child being learning and kind of calming down relaxing yeah. exploring a new texture and water's easy to clean up you know isn't it uh yeah oh yeah (laughs) another thing that i this is a shopping one that i always recommend families get is some bird seed sounds ridiculous some birds and you can buy it at any shop you know it's in the pet food aisle 
uh, get yourself a big bag of birdseed and it's fantastic little little beady sort of texture that you can chuck again in um, oven trays and in trays outside and for tipping and pouring uh, and moving textures between different containers. Uh, hours and hours of fun. I'll chuck some diggers in there if your child's into diggers or um, drive vehicles through or put some little people in there, build a sand, you know, they're on the beach, whatever they're doing. Barbie's on the beach and it's just birdseed, yeah. Oh, that's such a great tip. I'd never thought of birdseed. Um, but they just go, like, it's like with sand, they go nuts for sand play, don't they? Yeah. And I just think there's something about sand that's just a little bit too fine for my liking. Um, but I'm I'm really happy for, uh, in, especially for indoor play, for there to be birdseed everywhere. And you just hoover it. And actually, it sounds, it sounds really, really cool as you hoovering it up. And you get a great sense of like, <laughs> success. All these little, little bits are like hanging <laughs> up the tube. Um, so, so uh, yeah, get yourself some birdseed. I know, right? I know. Wildlife of a 33-year-old buying birdseed every couple of weeks. <laughs> Gosh, I love like these simple ideas like this. But I, I am feeling a bit guilty because I just thought, ah, oh, yes, mornings are the perfect time to set these things up. Like, you know, when you're getting lunches ready and breakfast and getting everyone dressed. I just, it just had not occurred to me. Well, well, don't feel guilty for your child because your child has got a million toys. I already know you. They, all kids do. Uh, I think you should feel yeah. guilty for yourself because if you spend that like two minutes on a nighttime, like reorganizing a toy to make it look fun again, putting it on a different surface or chucking out some bird seed, they're going to be so interested that you're going to have more time to do what you need to do, have that coffee, put some makeup on, read the news because your kid's going to be occupied. So it's definitely worth doing on a nighttime after you've made whatever you you know, after the million other jobs, um, I sometimes just move the dolls to a different room and set them up or get a train track out and chuck it in another corner. You know, it's that variation that keeps them interested and busy. Yeah, and avoids fights. Oh, no, does yeah. it? I don't know. I haven't gotten to that, avoiding all fights. I'm a poor one-year-old, honestly. Oh. She she will fight back at some point. I'm sure Poor she will. child. Oh, she does. She does. They just sort of like wrestle. They just chuck themselves at each other. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, I've got maybe a minute until everyone's crying, including me. So kind of related to this. But we saw recently on your Instagram that you put up some tips for dealing with power struggles with your toddlers, which is something we can both relate to. And I'm sure... Mm-hmm. Every parent yeah. can. So do you have a few Every tips time. for us for dealing with these these power struggles? Sure. Um, I First off, I'm always reminding parents that your child's brain is underdeveloped. It's really, really underdeveloped. And even if, they, you know, I'm really proud of my son's language. He's got great language, but you can't, um, you can't sort of muddle up great vocabulary and language with emotional intelligence you know they're they're still just learning Mm. and their brains are scrambled and we've had years of learning how to deal with things going on in our lives and we still get angry and we still might shout you know so that so these two and three year olds um of course they're gonna shout of course they're gonna lash out they don't of course they're not going to be able to cope with their big feelings they've had no practice and don't know what to do um so when it comes to something that you think your child isn't going to like to do I always um, say it's best to try and put it on their agenda somehow so um, say they don't want to if they don't want to brush their hair or put their pajamas on or something like that um, 
try to make it extremely, extremely fun so that it's something that they want to do. <laughs> so is it, do you have to throw the clothes across the room before you get them? Or um, do they get to brush your hair first? Or um, is it a race to do X, Y, Z? You know, it has to be stupidly fun. Um, and if you can't, if that isn't fun enough, uh, when the when and then strategy is really great. So when we've put mm. your jammers on, then we're going to do something amazing. Because um, again, it puts yeah. that boring task on their agenda and it can reduce those power struggles significantly because they're, they're going to want to get the job done either because it's fun or because there's something fun coming. That when and then, that, that was something at teachers' training we were taught mm, a yeah, lot about. That's true. You've got to like mm. prepare your brain every day, don't you, for what am I going to do? But no one thing works for all children all of the time. So you, you really do have to have like a kit of strategies and things that you're going to try. Uh, for your little one in the moment but I'd also really um, recommend um, in times when your child isn't dysregulated or stressed or angry or any of the above um, practicing some things that you can do to calm down together uh, so we, we I put my hands up uh, like a big high five almost and pretend that they're candles and we take turns blowing out my fingers that's that's sneakily ah. deep you know, breath work so he blows out the candles on my fingers yeah. he thinks it's hilarious but what he's really doing is practicing some deep breathing um, or uh, we have a whole thing about making a camp so if I can see that he's losing it we'll make a camp we'll make a, a den and we'll cover in blankets and pillows that can be really relaxing or if I, could, I say oh it looks like you've got some big energy and inside I'm thinking you're wrecking the joint yeah. <laughs> you're screaming like a dinosaur <laughs> and you're threatening your sister you've got big energy uh, how about we do some running races outside or um you do some climbing or some like big gross gross motor body movements because you've got energy that's got to go somewhere um and those sort of things need yeah. to be practiced and need to be in your back pocket so you've got them so that you're less likely to shout you're more likely to say right here's the strategy we're going to use get outside so it's recognizing when you do need to do that like there's times with harry that i you know on reflection i'm like right at that mm. point i should have got him out on the trampoline or i should have we should have gone out on his bike and then we all would have felt calmer after doing oh, that oh totally and that's me every day as well um certainly the same yeah. to pick five occasions where we should have done something way before we did it and then it got clonked on the head with a dinosaur and you know um mm. it just you know you've got to be quick and and you've got to you know have some grace that um your, your toddler isn't broken they're not naughty they're not awful that you know they're not bad people they're just underdeveloped and feeling lots of things and you know can't call so you're saying it's best for us to practice these things like the candles when they're calm then yeah totally so because it's it's no good when you're you know say you were sobbing because you'd had a breakup or something and then someone was like here's some strategies you could have used you'd be like shut up shut up I'm feeling my feelings right now um <laughs> so, so, true. Um, so uh yeah so in times when August is you know in a really good mood uh, we sometimes have conversations that sound a bit like oh August I've got a really good idea I've got some big energy in my body I'm feeling feeling frustrated I'm feeling wiggly I think I want to go and run around in the garden let's get the football out um can we do five laps and touch the fence or um can we climb together or sometimes I get them to if we're indoors and we can't get outside, I get them to I put my hands out in front of me while I'm sitting down and I get him to push my hands. So he's having to use all of his body weight to push against my hands to push me over. Um, and we practice those sort of things when he's 
yeah, when we're just having fun and he's happy so that in the moment of stress, I can say, oh, it looks like you've got some big energy. Quick, come and push me over. And he's, we've already done it. So it's not like, what do you mean push me? You know? Yeah. Um, it's practiced. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah. Yeah. This makes me sound like a really together person, yeah. guys. Like, I think, remember, I'm a trained therapist. So this is all I do. And this is my only brain. Uh, this is all I know how to do but the rest of my life's a mess you know my house is a mess I don't clean I don't I hate cooking I don't bake you know so I don't want to come across as this person who's got it all sorted because I quite obviously do not <laughs> no we're just so uh, grateful no it's great you're sharing all your knowledge with us <laughs> we're just you know like soaking it all up okay exactly. I'm actually going out to buy some um, bird seed as soon as we're finished <laughs> brilliant well you must um, something else we just wanted to touch on as well. We, I've seen this, like, a, a few people talking about it. Um, it's just about trusting our babies and their bodies. So we've seen that you and a few other people, and I try to have learned, like, tried to do this as well, not saying be careful when our kids yeah. are doing things. Could you just talk to us about that? Why, why don't we say be careful or why might you choose not to say be careful and what what do you say instead? Well it's just one of those things where we tend to say be careful because we can anticipate 10 steps in the future about what might happen um and what we can be doing in those situations is putting our worries onto our child they are most likely being as careful as they can be. They are feeling their body as they're climbing Mm. um, or as they're doing something risky. And risky plays is so important for development. So if we're quashing it with, be careful, you know, uh, don't climb up there, uh, that's too big for you, um, then we're knocking their confidence and also making them worry a bit about that thing and um, not letting them engage in that risky play that's so important. Um, So I think... You know, if your child is wanting to do something and they're going for it, then bite your tongue, panic internally. I absolutely am all for panicking internally and just let them go for it. (laughs) The only times that I might say something is if my kid gets to the top of something and then I can see that they're distracted by everything. And I might say something like, oh, I love how you're paying attention. (laughs) No, no. I love how you're paying attention to your body as you climb. Um, which might just bring them back to, oh, yeah, I'm up a thing, you know, I'm, I'm up high. Uh, so, um, <laughs> but, yeah, I was I was at the Chipmunks the other day and I saw a couple of parents say to their, their little girls, it was those girls, um, you can't go up there, it's too big, it's too scary, It's um, you might not like it. And I, I don't know, I couldn't hold back, hey, my inner, like, feminist was like, I'll take them up. Like, I will, absolutely, let's empower our girls. Let's yeah. get them up there. And both kids yeah. were beyond yeah. capable. They didn't need me. I was just there. Um, and and, yeah. and they did it. So I think I think we can worry too much and it can hold our kids back. So bite your tongue, panic inside, and you're there if they fall and you can catch them. Because it's without even realizing, I find like with Harry, especially so many times a day, I'm like, be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful. And then I'm like, what am I, yeah, what am I bad. doing? Stop. And actually, I just don't, don't yeah. need to say anything. I mean, um, so I kind of stumbled across it in my parenting journey. I didn't know anything about it beforehand, but like Rye Parenting, R-I-E, or Gentle Parent or Respectful Parenting. But that Rye Parenting, that whole concept is sort of, not restricting your child's movements um, and not trying to aid them in any extra way. So coupled with things like, you know, I don't uh, sit my children up before they can sit up by themselves. I don't hold their hands to walk them. 
um, I mean, it might sound a bit extreme, but I also, I just let them climb as high as they want. And if they fall, I also kind of let them fall off. It's all part of like a, a bigger picture of them being aware of their bodies. So it means that when I take my kids yeah. somewhere, I can see that they know where the edge of something is. You know, they're not running yeah. towards anything and for, to fall off the edge because they've practiced so much because I've let them kind of just with what's in yeah. front of them. And I never put them on... Um, high equipment so i don't put them on any climbing stuff if you can climb up you can be on it basically is my rule but i'm not gonna yeah, put you there yeah. if you can't get up there so it's worth reading about if you're not into it you're not into it but i read it read yeah, it and totally. was like, gosh this is cool i'm gonna do this and it's and yeah it totally yeah. i guess oh like so many things with children they're practicing those skills that risk assessment skill on a small safe scale with you so that when there's there's bigger dangers later on in life yeah. they've kind of rehearsed that that decision making process and the and the risk assessing yeah so so like mm. a big example maybe it's not in new zealand but in, in the uk there's it's often two stories there's always stairs and there's lots of baby gates but you know without the sort of practice that they're on level of getting up and down those stairs then they're at more risk of hurting themselves um, uh, so it's about with mm. support and an adult watching them get some practice of getting up those first few steps put a big block on the fifth one let them practice the first few and come back down up and down up and down you know it's going to be safer in the long run yeah. Yeah. I heard a dad in the oh, playground yeah. today actually saying do not break your arm before we go on holiday this weekend oh I know <laughs> oh, my dad used to always say my dad used to it seemed like he only cared about us before we went on holiday so like we're going on holiday yes! next weekend do not get hurt do not <laughs> so one of our last questions for you you touched on this a bit at the start but you have the um zazi mm -hmm. play store um so what inspired you to start that and what might we find on the store well, as I said, it was it was wanting specific things and not being able to find them. One, sort of um, from a New Zealand business, and two, um, just not on the market. I really it was I was really um, passionate about buying a child's plate that didn't have any sections. I'm not into sectioned plates, and I just couldn't find one that wasn't sectioned and that actually worked. Um, so I knew I wanted to bring out one of those. Um, and also, um, as a speech therapist, I'm pretty passionate about um, teaching children to drink from an open cup and giving them that exposure oh, from as, as early yeah. as possible. Um, and there wasn't one uh, in the New Zealand market that I could find that, that fit what I wanted or... Um, what I thought was necessary in an open cup. So um, we started our own business and we started with <laughs> with just a couple of products and it's grown and grown and grown. Um, and now it's I'm designing all my own products, which is it's such a crazy shift in life to be a therapist to, to now I'm designing products and, and going backwards and forwards with designers and getting prototypes and testing things on my kids. So there's, um, I'm, I'm just looking in front of me, I'm at my, my desk, there's, um, there's product all over the shop here that would be, um, that's all like forbidden for anyone to see until it's released, but uh, it's, it's exciting to have seen the shop grow and go from strength to strength. And I've got so many ideas. And Oh, good on you. That's, and I guess, you know, you're the perfect person when you've got two kids and if you could see there's a gap. Why not just Absolutely. create your own? How amazing. My poor kids are just guinea pigs for everything, but um, <laughs> they love it. I'm sure they must. They have to. Uh, and 
no, it's it's an amazing position to be in. I'm so proud of what we've created. And in the future, I'd love to do more um, sort of workshops and things that people can access. Uh, oh, but I have yeah. to remind myself that I am a full-time mom. Uh, I do everything on an evening. Absolutely. And, you know, running this business that already exists and designing products and creating stuff on a the, you know two three hours we have on an evening when you're meant to be cleaning and watching netflix you know so um slowly goes yeah. slowly goes yeah oh good on you that's amazing um so our last question which is something we like to ask our guests um, and i'm so intrigued to hear what your answer is going to be as a speech and language therapist and a mum what would you say is one thing that you couldn't live without or that you think all parents should have and couldn't live without? I am really passionate about kids having things that fit their little bodies. And what I found is that there's no cutlery that fits, from from my point of view, fits kids as well as I'd want them to. So I've designed my own. I've just finished designing my own spoons. They're not, uh, they haven't come to market yet, but it's been fascinating watching my daughter use them um, and see how quickly she's been able to feed herself with them, where everything else in the house that we've had, tested, tried, bought, hasn't done the same thing. So I'm really excited to bring those out. And I'm hoping that um, that'll be the thing that people think uh, that's, that's what we need for our starting solids journey and that's what I need as a mum uh yeah yeah oh that makes life a lot easier if they can feed themselves but also the other thing that I think that all parents need from a speech language therapist perspective is uh to not care less I was going to use a swear word there to just chill out to just become allow yourself to get really messy dress in your crappiest clothes every day be ready for mess be ready for carnage be ready for stress and uh because all of that is learning, all of it's great for development. And remember that everyone's going through it. No one has got it all sorted out. No matter what Instagram says, I've seen so many mums Instagrams of these perfect homes. I'm like, oh my goodness, that is not not the standard, you know. Uh, Parenting is really bloody hard. So um, having a thick shell and thinking I don't give a F is a really good way to be. Yeah. This is great. I love this. We yeah. have permission direct from a speech and language <laughs> therapist. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, oh, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, yeah, gosh, I've taken so, so much away from this. So we can't wait for everyone to to hear this chat. And yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. This has just been amazing. I really feel like yeah. this has been like as a parent I think you sometimes hear something or see something and you just think that's my reset that I needed to you know buck my ideas up and sort yeah. this out and this out and do these yeah. things and oh, oh I'm so, so glad great for that. Helped. but it also hasn't been overwhelming like everything you've said has been really easy it's not like oh my god I have to go and do all of this it's like ah oh, I yeah. can just do oh, that I'm so and glad that's so, not about thank um, you we've got enough on our plates hey we we are at capacity so anything that you know parents want to try has to work in with what you're already doing you're already you're into your daily routine there's no I've got no capacity for anything else I am barely holding it together so no I'm so (laughs) glad that I could (laughs) give you some things to think about without stressing you out yeah Thank you. No worries at all. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, If you did, you would really appreciate it if you could like or subscribe um, wherever you listen. And you can also find us on Instagram at parentpod.nz. We hope you have a great week. See you next week. Bye.